You know what happened to me this morning? What? I looked at my calendar. This is what I do at the beginning of each day. I wake up, look at my calendar, make sure like I know when all of my Zoom meetings are. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anything until 1030. It was something I had with you. So I was like, okay, yes. I get to see my friend. So I'm just walking around the house in my PJs. And then I get an email from somebody saying, here's the Zoom link. See you soon. Mm-mm. And I panicked. I was like, what is this for? What am I doing? What's going on? (laughs) This has to be wrong. So I'm looking at every calendar I have. I look at the calendar that I write down in, the calendar on my phone, the calendar on my computer. I'm just trying to figure out what is going on. And then I finally figured it out. I had forgotten that I had a meeting and I... Well, did you have time to prepare for it? No, there was no time. There was no time at all. I only had time to run upstairs, throw a turtleneck on over my pajamas and get in front of the camera. And they were like, good morning, Titi. And I was like, good morning, everybody. It's so great to see you. I didn't even know what I was supposed to be doing. I was like, I'm just going to have to wing this. Do you know how stressful that is? Listen, that's stressful for anybody, but I know it's stressful for my friend because you like to plan. The only good part of that story is that you were able to throw on a turtleneck, right? Yes. We love turtlenecks. I have an emergency turtleneck that is (laughs) right next to my bed just in case. (laughs) You just turn right into Steve Jobs. Just throw the turtleneck on and go. (laughs) Man, I know you were stressed out. That would be tough even for me. You know, I'm, I'm okay with being last minute, but... I don't know how you do it. You don't know what's going on. You're just clicking into the Zoom. You don't know what you're going to get. I didn't know who was going to be there. I didn't know what they were about to ask me. I just knew that I had to be there and that I had two minutes to get there. Mm, I would have had to say, I'm sorry. I thought this was spam. (laughs) 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 A link only must be spam. Oh, my God. I thought you were hacked. I saw your link, but I also saw an email from you about gift cards. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Welcome to Dope Labs, a weekly podcast that mixes hardcore science, pop culture, and a healthy dose of friendship. You know, we're basically at the holidays. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that means a lot of anxiety. Yes. Whether you're cooking for a big group of folks or reconnecting with your family members after a very long time, the holidays just have a way of feeling so challenging. And they can really be filled with all kinds of anxieties from day to day. I always think about you when the holiday season comes around because you are the hostess with the mostest and I always <laughs> know like it's rare that Zakia is not gonna be cooking something even if it's something small like okay we're not doing a whole turkey I'm just gonna do like a turkey breast for me <laughs> and a couple of people but it's always to me a lot of stuff so I know <laughs> I'm over here feeling anxious for you for you is probably nothing it's always a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> so one man's anxiety is another man's party so this week we're talking all about anxiety and specifically we really wanted to know more about whether or not we can actually take our everyday anxiety and spin it into something that can help us (laughs) 
let's get into the recitation. What do we know? Well, I think that anxiety is something that a lot of people deal with. Like, some people don't like to use the term anxiety, but I think everybody at some point in their lives have felt anxious. Yes. It also feels like it's being talked about way more than it used to be. Mm. I feel like I see it everywhere. People talking about it, social media, sharing about anxiety and tips and tools and tricks. Um, So I do like the openness around anxiety. Yeah, there have been a lot of people who have said, I struggle with anxiety. These are the things that, you know, I don't like to do. People that you would, I guess, assume, like the type of industry they're in, whether they're actors or influencers Mm -hmm. or YouTubers, and you're just really surprised that this is something that they deal with. But it also, you know, makes a lot of people feel seen because it's like, okay, it's not just me. It's also these other people that stereotypically, I guess people would think wouldn't deal with anxiety. I think another thing that we know is that anxiety is not binary, like you're anxious or you're not. There's a spectrum of anxiety that you can feel. And how it manifests is different from person to person. And I think we also know that manifestation does have some biological underpinnings. I don't know what they are, (laughs) but I do know that there is something that can happen to your body after a lot of anxiety over and over and over again. That's a really good point. So what do we want to know? Has anxiety always been around? Like, is it new? You think the cavemen were anxious? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't know, but it seems like there was plenty to be uncertain about during those times. Yeah, I just think about Fred Flintstone and I'm like, yeah, he was definitely had an anxiety problem. Mm. Another thing I want to know is what parts of our anxiety are healthy? Is there such thing as healthy anxiety? Is there like little bits of like anxiousness that might help us or is it just all bad? Yeah, that's a really good point. And then if it is all bad, what can we do? Yes, help. (laughs) Throw me a life jacket, a rope, something. How do I exit this program? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Control on delete. (laughs) Let's jump into the dissection. Our guest for today's lab is Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Hi, I'm Dr. Wendy Suzuki. I am a professor of neuroscience and psychology. I've been at New York University for 23 years. So I am an author, a teacher, and a neuroscientist. Dr. Suzuki's new book is called Good Anxiety, Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. It's not like a lot of other books out there that provide tips for managing anxiety. With this book, Dr. Suzuki goes back to the origins of anxiety how it's evolved, and why it's such a big problem today. With that groundwork as the basis for our understanding, she introduces a new way to really think about our anxiety. And that way will kind of help us harness its power so that we can lead healthy, happy lives. Let me tell y'all, we need this. Yes. So I think we're all pretty familiar with anxiety, what it is and how it feels, especially after the last few years. Anxiety is that fear or worry that typically comes with uncertain situations. And so with that definition, you can understand why these days in our uncertain times, anxiety is really going through the roof. And I think now's a good time to kind of pause and differentiate between a couple different types of anxiety. Because like you said earlier, TT, anxiety really is a spectrum. So today we're talking about anxiety on the lower end of that spectrum, which Dr. Suzuki calls everyday anxiety. But that's very different from clinical anxiety, 
which is at the opposite end of the spectrum. Clinical anxiety is a medical disorder characterized by intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear. Clinical anxiety is debilitating. It gets in the way of your ability to live your life day to day, and it should be diagnosed and treated by medical professionals. While everyday anxiety might not be all-consuming, it's definitely annoying and exhausting, and it's way more common than you might think. It feels like a weight around your neck. It feels like a weight on your chest. And even before the pandemic, the stat that blew me away is that 90% of Americans before the pandemic raised their hands and said, I experience anxiety, 90%. So imagine what that number is today. So basically all of us have anxiety is, is, <laughs> is the bottom line. 90% is a really high number. And that's before one of the most stressful things that any of us have been through in our lifetime. Right. Ugh. So I can only imagine what the number is now. 100%. You know, this makes me think back to Lab 32 with Anne Helen Peterson, where we talked about burnout mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all these other things that can kind of trigger or layer multiple different types of anxieties Mm -hmm. and manifest in different ways. Absolutely. And what this also says to me is that if you're feeling anxious, you are not alone. Look to the left and to the right. It's all of us. Turn to your neighbor. (laughs) Hello, neighbor. (laughs) And say, neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any kind of types of low grade or everyday anxiety? Like, how does it show up for you? Yeah, I think for me, I've always thought of myself as just a overall anxious person. Like I try and not (laughs) expose people to my anxieties and just try and counterbalance it with like just extreme like positivity (laughs) Mm -hmm. as often as I can. But that also makes me even more anxious because it doesn't address the real problem. Like I think I'm always worrying about every little thing like, oh my gosh, is this the right decision? Is this the right next step? Is this the right thing for me to do? And I think that usually it manifests as me getting at some point really, really exhausted and tired from just like my brain doing all of these calculations and trying to predict the future. Yeah. What about you? I think, you know, over the past couple of years, I've either developed more anxiousness or anxiety Mm. or just become more aware of it. Mm. Right. I think now the things that kind of trigger anxiety for me are big uncertainties. Mm. I mean, you you know me. I'm generally like, oh, we'll figure it out. Oh, this will happen. <laughs> Not <laughs> you a care know? In the world. My friend is cool as a cucumber. But big level stuff that could have major rippling effects, yeah. I like to kind of know. I like mm-hmm. to have those general large, what do you call those, like place markers. I like to have those things set in stone. And when mm-hmm. I'm not sure, right. it feels like the scientific mind gone haywire, right? It's just <laughs> yeah. a lot of hypotheses. <laughs> <laughs> no conclusions. <laughs> no conclusions. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. So if we all have everyday anxiety and we've all got our own ways of dealing with it, then why are we talking about it today? Well, Dr. Suzuki says that even if you and your anxiety have, quote unquote, an understanding with each other and it's something you've just learned to live with, over time, it can still have very real and potentially serious effects on your overall health. Because anxiety and the underlying stress response, if left unchecked, leads to high levels of chronic stress, high levels of chronic cortisol, that stress 
Hormone. Cortisol is like your body's built-in alarm system. And it does all kinds of important stuff, like regulating blood pressure. It can increase blood sugar, keep your inflammation in check. It even can control the sleep-wake cycle. So you can imagine if the cortisol levels in your blood are out of whack, it can do a lot of scary things in the body. I have not heard of cortisol, but I've heard of cortisone. Are they related? Closely related. Like if you get a cortisone shot or Mm -hmm. hydrocortisone shot, it's converted in the body by an enzyme into cortisol. Okay. And so it can also be use, like when you say treating inflammation, if you know somebody got a cortisone shot in their knee or something like that, yeah, there you have it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so you can imagine that abnormal levels lead to all kinds of health issues, not just in the digestive system, Mm. the heart or the reproductive system. You can also affect the brain. Finally, in the brain, it leads to first damage and then death of two key brain areas that I've studied for a long time in my career, the hippocampus, critical for memory, and the prefrontal cortex, our executive control function of the brain, helping you make good decisions. Imagine brain cells in those areas being damaged, and particularly in the hippocampus, dying because of high levels of long-term stress and anxiety. That is why we want to talk about anxiety, find a different way to channel it so that you don't go down that route. That's scary. But Dr. Suzuki's book isn't all doom and gloom. She argues that by really understanding our anxiety, it can actually be a really good thing. Anxiety is one of our core emotions. It serves something really important. Once we find that thing and we understand that thing that it serves, we can kind of try and focus Uh, the energy and the level of that emotion so that it could help us. We're still going to feel those uncomfortable emotions, but we're going to make it work for us in a brand new way. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Help me figure (laughs) out how to make anxiety work Work for for me. me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Put these nerves to work. (laughs) Right. And so I think the starting place is for us to understand why we're having anxiety at all. What's the point? Anxiety at its core is protective for us. It's actually essential for our survival. And the best way to understand this is to kind of travel back in your mind 2.5 million years ago and imagine there's a woman 2.5 million years ago. She just has a little baby and she's gathering berries at the edge of a lake and suddenly she hears a twig crack. And that could be danger. That could be a lion. That could be a tiger. uh, That could be something that, that could kill her and her baby. And so that is when anxiety is immediately deployed and the stress response. And the stress response is what many of us know as fight or flight mechanism. Through a series of really complex interactions in our brain and body, it enables us to respond almost instantly to a perceived threat of danger. And what I illustrate in the book is that, in fact, we use that same exact system in a similar way if there is a noise by the window then you have that stress response, that anxiety response. What is it? Is it a a robber? And works in the same way. But the problem is that in this day and age, it's the equivalent of hearing those twigs crack five times a second. So what Dr. Suzuki is saying is that we're all in the forest picking berries (laughs) and we're constantly surrounded by lions. Everything that's happening is making us think, is that a lion? Is that a lion? Is that a lion? Over and over and over again. What kind of life is this? Okay, I might be exaggerating a little bit. So maybe it's not <laughs> as immediately threatening as a lion. But, but there are so like. many things that are stressing that's us out. It, do you, at the very beginning of the pandemic, that's what it felt like. I felt yes. like every single person was a lion with coronavirus and they were just in my face. And I yeah. was going to get sick yeah. or pass it on to somebody else. Everything felt 
that anxious going to the grocery store oh that was the most i would be in the grocery store sweating through my clothes because i was so nervous about everything and then disinfecting all the groceries everything was a lion including that bag of chips Mm. and so when you think about something like that collectively that we're all going through but then people can have their own personal issues so like the Mm -hmm. everyday stress of their job or relationships and then there's the bigger global issues like climate change or political insurrection that's a lot of twigs (laughs) Those are some of those are branches. Some, <laughs> some of those of are trees whole falling. Tree. It's a whole <laughs> yes. tree. Okay. It ain't no branch. It's a tree falling on your neck. Yeah. And then even if you're in your home, insulated from all those things, mm-hmm. it's coming right through your cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's coming right up on your TV, alerts at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, information about what's happening in the world is constantly going right to your eyeballs, no matter where you look. I have never thought about that, how the information age has introduced levels of stress into our lives that weren't there previously. Yeah. Mm, That's such a good point, Z. But I don't want to live in this perpetual anxious state. That's not actually helping protect against any of the threats. And as Dr. Suzuki explained earlier, it can actually be really unhealthy in the long term. It's not making us feel protected at all. The system, it feels like it's kind of broken. And my answer is, It's not broken. The volume is just turned way too high and we've lost that protective aspect of this emotion. First things first, I never thought of anxiety as an emotion before. I don't think I really have either. I've just looked at it as a deficiency. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense and it actually helps put it in perspective because emotions Mm -hmm. pass. Mm Anxiety is not forever. Mm -hmm. And if we think of it, like she said, as something that's turned up too high, maybe we can be aware of these things, but we just need to turn the volume down a little bit more. The first step of that is turning the volume down so that we don't have so many twigs cracking all the time and just launching us into this stress and anxiety cycle. The best first way is my favorite way because it is deep breathing. You might say, oh, I've heard that before. But did you know that deep breathing is actually activating a natural stress reduction center of our nervous system. Okay, so we got to pause right there. I did not know that we had a stress reduction center in our nervous system. Nobody taught me that. I thought I had to purchase that on Amazon. (laughs) Sage, (laughs) what is it, lavender? They put lavender in everything Mm -hmm. to tell you to relax. I didn't know that I had built-in lavender. How come everybody knows about fight or flight and nobody knows about rest and digest? Rest and digest. We need that on a t-shirt, CT. Preach. (laughs) Yes. The neuroscientists among us also know this as the parasympathetic nervous system. That sounds very fancy. (laughs) I like rest and digest better. (laughs) And so the best way we have conscious control of kind of getting that process going is deep breathing. I can't consciously decrease my heart rate, but I can slow my breathing down. And another way to turn down the volume on our anxiety is through exercise. Even just 10 minutes of walking. I know. I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. (laughs) Can we skip this part? (laughs) But Titi, I'm telling you, Dr. Suzuki talks about doing this experiment and having people just walk at the end and people reported, you know, feeling less stressed. Now, whether it's just in the mind or not, I want to feel less stressed. And so I will be taking a 10 minute walk because I need that positive effect. My friend be biking 30 miles. (laughs) A 10 minute walk ain't nothing. (laughs) But for me, that is a hike. Listen, I need it. (laughs) 
Every single time you move your body, you are stimulating a whole wide range of neurochemicals to be released in your brain. I like to give the image of a neurochemical bubble bath that you're giving yourself every time you move your body. And what is in this bubble bath? Things that you have heard of, dopamine, serotonin, noradrenaline, and growth factors. It is clear that long-term exercise can help protect the brain from aging and neurodegenerative disease states. Once we turn the volume down on our anxiety, we can then take the next important step, which is to interpret it. Focus in on those uncomfortable feelings of anxiety and ask ourselves, what's making me so anxious and why am I feeling so anxious? This introspection can tell you a lot about yourself and what's important to you. I know for me, my dad used to always say, if you're not nervous, it just means you're not taking it serious enough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I still agree with this. It Uh, means you care. (laughs) (laughs) School of thought. But I think wanting to do well, wanting to show up, Mm -hmm. those are the things that can make me anxious because I don't want to not do those things. Yeah, yeah. I think that there are lots of groups of people that feel like they have to do that all the time. And that can be exhausting. Show up and be Mm. perfect. I had to give up perfect a long time ago, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just show up a little bit. (laughs) But I think once we start asking ourselves those questions, TT, it really is kind of harnessing that power Mm -hmm. and I want to get to the part where Dr. Suzuki can help me make it work for me in a positive way. Actually, one of the things that I learned um, that was most surprising that I learned from writing the book is I found myself making friends with my own anxiety. Why? Because I started to appreciate how valuable these uncomfortable emotions were. They're there to say, hey, this is important. It's a threat detection system. This is important that you do well here. It means a lot to you. So it sounds like your dad wasn't wrong, okay? I know. I hope he doesn't hear this. Uncle Curtis, you weren't (laughs) wrong. I'm here to say it. I'll send you a text message later. (laughs) (laughs) Being stressed out can mean you care about something because you really want to do well. Yeah. And this is really helpful. I feel like quieting the noise with a deep breath and then asking important questions, making observations about our anxiety are already so helpful. Yeah. I think it's so important to first acknowledge and then slow the pace down a little bit Mm -hmm. and to say, it's not a lion. It's not a lion. (laughs) That's way better already than just, I'm going to power through this or I'm going to shove these feelings down. Mm -hmm. Dr. Suzuki says we can even take it one step further. Once we understand and observe our anxiety, we can actually see it for the gift that it is. And we'll talk about that right after the break. The last thing you want to hear when you need your auto insurance most is... Thank you for calling. Please listen to your list of 46 possible service options. Which is why when you choose USAA Auto Insurance, you'll get great service that is easy and reliable. 24-7 online service for claims, access to roadside assistance, and more. All at the touch of a button. Start getting the service you deserve. Get a quote today. Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. We're back and we want to tell you all about next week's lab. One thing I'm really stressed out about is 
thinking about Christmas shopping. Oh, that makes me excited for next week's lab, though. Yes, because we're talking all about the shipping issues that have been going on since the pandemic started and this whole trucker shortage that Zakia knew about. But I had no <laughs> clue what's going on. And we're talking about it just in time for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get back into the dissection. We're talking to Dr. Wendy Suzuki about her new book, Good Anxiety. And before we dig any deeper, we just want to level set and remind everybody that we're talking about day-to-day anxiety. If you're experiencing severe anxiety that interferes with your ability to do day-to-day activities, we really encourage you to seek help from a medical professional. And we've also included some resources on our show notes at dopelabspodcast.com. We've already talked about how to turn down the volume on our anxiety and observe it. And just doing that can be helpful. But Dr. Suzuki says that once we're able to quiet the noise and listen to our anxiety, we can actually use it to our advantage. So let's take an example. What's one of the most common things that you do as a result of your anxiety and how can you make it work for you? Dr. Suzuki mentions the what if list. My what if list hits right before I'm going to go to sleep and, you know, sleep is coming. It's going to feel so good. And then suddenly... What if I didn't send that email? Or what if I did send the email and, you know, my wording was wrong? I think we've all been there. I will wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, man, what if I didn't turn off the stove? Or did I lock the front door? Or, oh, my goodness, I forgot to update that document for my boss. And so now Mm. I'm scrambling. Honey, at least you are waking up. When I tell (laughs) you I cannot go to sleep if I am anxious about things or if Mm. I'm... What if this and this? What did that mean? Why did they say that? I should have said this. It's just ongoing. And then I look at my Apple Watch and it's like 4.57 a.m. No. (laughs) Oh, no, friend. That sounds awful. So how do we turn that into a gift? What's the magic spell? The gift that comes. This is a gift of productivity. And that gift is switching your what if list into a to-do list. I say, okay, that's okay. I'm going to note all those things down and I'm going to take action on them tomorrow. And why does that help? It helps because anxiety and the threat response evolved for us to take action in terms of either fighting or running away. That is a physical action. And so you can relieve some of that pressure by taking a cognitive action, um, sending an email, which is kind of an action. You know, your fingers are moving. It's a cognitive action, but it is one that will help you turn your anxiety what-if list into a productive to-do list. You know what? Mm, I really like this and I hadn't thought about it, but I use this journaling app. And so if I'm up late and I'm feeling like that, I write all those feelings down and I can make little bullet point lists in there about things I should do, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that helps. Is this the same thing? That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like redirecting your energy. Like instead of just letting those things roll around in your head and so you're tossing and turning to the bed, you push that energy into that journal and be done with it. (laughs) And you don't have to worry about like, what if I forget? Right. And it's great because you're not surrendering to your anxiety and giving up the sleep that you need to be able to be productive the next day. Yeah. So you kind of get to prioritize rest Mm -hmm. and you get to say, okay, anxiety and all the stuff is tied to, I'll deal with y'all tomorrow. Rest and digest. (laughs) But I think all of this really lives in this like delicate balance though, TT. If you give too little Mm -hmm. attention to your anxiety, you're going to drop a bunch of balls or things that you need to get done. And then you're going to be anxious about that. Mm -hmm. If you give it too much attention, you're going to spiral into, you know, anxiety tornado. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious about the sweet spot. And I hope it's broad. I hope it's big. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, If it's as thin as a hair. We're not going to hit it. We're in trouble. Yes. 
activation energy comes from focus, it comes from attention, it comes from that nervous energy that is really equivalent to anxiety. As that goes up, your performance goes up. As your focus, productivity, and in fact, anxiety goes up, your performance goes up to a peak. You know what this makes me think about? What? Procrastination. Oh. I work best under some pressure. (laughs) You say this all the time. I am the opposite. When the pressure is on, My nerves get so bad that I feel like I am going to mess this up. I mean, it usually turns out okay if I like accidentally procrastinate, but oh my gosh, I feel like a lot of people feel this way where putting it off the last minute and all of those juices are flowing and your anxiety is hitting the right spot. All the good things come together. Yeah. It's like putting fuel enhancer in the gas tank, (laughs) you know, because... I'm the exact opposite. I don't want to be stressed out about something that's not coming right away, right? Because I'm like, please move that out of my view. You're blocking the picture. But it also feels like I'm just idling. Mm -hmm. It's just burning gas for something that's not really a go. And because of the type of person I am, I can give it as much time as is available. Yeah. So I prefer if we keep that time short, I can just be efficient in that window. I remember when I was packing for a trip and if it's a big trip where I'm going to be leaving the country, I like to start packing like three weeks prior to takeoff. Mm. I feel like I need that time to be able to say, okay, let me make sure I have these things. I make a list of all the things that I want to take. But my friend, (laughs) it never fails. The night before, 1 a.m. Like, what are you doing? Oh, packing for my international trip tomorrow (laughs) or today (laughs) in a few hours. And I'm like, oh my God, what if you forget something? She's like, it'll be fine. (laughs) They'll sell me another one. (laughs) And our last trip together, you didn't have toothpaste. And I, I had it. I my toothpaste. <laughs> you see how that works? And she had it. And she gave me the whole tube. She said, just take it. I had to. I just feel like, you <laughs> she know. She had to. That's also what happens when you pack last minute. Just, I don't know if I put that in there. Another one. <laughs> I think we need to rebrand procrastination because maybe it's a life hack, you know, maybe yes. it's my best self. I think depending on who you are, it can be. But you also got to tell the truth because sometimes I don't hit the mark, but <laughs> we won't get into that. But then it can go over. So too much activation, too much nervous energy, too much anxiety and decreasing performance if it goes too high. Is that how you feel? Like it gets too high, too close to the end? Yeah, but the the runway for it being too high is big for me. Like if it's a week before, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Even though Mm. I'm not, it's totally fine. That's the place where I'm trying to get into and trying to use some of these things that Dr. Suzuki was talking about, where it's like, okay, write down these things so that you feel like, okay, this is how I'm going to tackle it so it doesn't have to be so much nervous energy. Right. But like as things get closer and closer, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm staring down a freight train. Mm. Well, hopefully you can find that window of when Mm -hmm. you're just like really focused, really productive and just on it. Because I know I miss mine sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's about too close to the mark. (laughs) I think it's about also being patient with yourself so you can figure out what your sweet spot is. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to figure it out today, but maybe over the next, you know, few weeks or months, I can try some things out and see what feels good. Yeah. Dr. Suzuki says that with more practice, people can learn how to get in the zone more consistently and use the energy from their anxiety to propel them forward. It is really valuable to appreciate that there is an optimum level 
of focus and anxiety. So that focus can increase with anxiety, but too high and you start decreasing your performance level. And part of the kind of the goal of the book is to make people aware that um, they've already experienced this and can they get their uh, kind of use their own awareness of this to kind of push their own focus and anxiety to that optimum level. So we can leverage our anxiety and unlock our inner superhero. And that sounds so much better than just, you know, stuffing it down. Yes. My superhero power is last minute Larry, okay? (laughs) If you need something done at the last minute, you're like, I only have 15 minutes. Can you review these slides? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) My superhero is planned Patty, okay? She has lists. (laughs) She's got everything organized. And she's going to make sure that in advance, you know what's expected. <laughs> All right, so we really want to know what you identify as. Are you a plan Patty or a last minute Larry? Look in your Spotify app right now. There should be a poll that pops up and let us know who you identify with. Me, plan Patty, or Zakia, last minute Larry? <laughs> All right, it's time for one thing. TT, what's one thing you've been enjoying this week? Okay, the one thing I've been enjoying this week is that my dad, he actually gave me a bunch of old home videos from the late 80s, early 90s. And I was able to use this company called iMemories. And I sent all of the videos to them and they were able to digitize all those videos so that we can actually watch them because they're all old VHSs. And I could tell some of them were starting to degrade. And my dad, I knew my dad really wanted those videos. So I used iMemories and we got all those videos back. And it was amazing to watch with my family and see what we were like in the early 90s. It felt like it was yesterday and a million years ago. It was a lot of fun. you can just watch them on your phone. You can watch them on your phone. You can download them and put them onto your computer. Wow, so okay. I was able to download all of them and put them into the cloud so that all of my family can see it. I've been texting like my uncles and my cousins, different clips and stuff like that. That's wild because I didn't receive any. Oh, you said you shared them with. All, wow. You said all your family, though, right? Uh, oh, yes. You're. Let me. You know what? Some of these things, you know, my phone be acting up. I would hope that's what it is. Yeah, that's mm. what it is. Okay, okay. What's your one thing? (laughs) My one thing has been on television this week. Mm. I have really jumped into BMF, which is a TV show about the Flannery Brothers from Detroit. Mm. Now, I know we just talked about anxiety. Let me tell you what they were doing, which is illegally hustling. That would cause a lot of anxiety. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's really interesting to see the origins of BMF. I know of BMF from a really different perspective, which is from hip hop. So Fabulous and uh, Young Jeezy were uh-huh. represented and promoted by BMF when I what was- What does BMF stand for? Black Mafia Family. Okay. So, if you say that out loud, does something happen to us? Should we not say that out loud? No, that only happens if you say J say Prince out loud. Say it three times in the, in the mirror. <laughs> you have to say it three times for it to be you know an issue. But yeah, so that's what I've been watching and I just caught up. I'm on episode six. It is so good. Mm. I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. 
That's it for Lab 38. We want to know your thoughts. Do you have any secrets to making anxiety work for you? Please tell us. Call us at 202-567-7028 and leave a message. Or you can give us an idea for a lab we should do this semester. We want to hear from you. That's 202-567-7028. And don't forget, Semester 4 is going to be exclusive to Spotify for free starting December 16th. So if you already listen to us on Spotify, keep doing what you're doing. And don't forget to follow Dope Labs and tap the bell icon so you never miss when an episode drops. Now, after December 16th, you won't be able to hear new episodes of Dope Labs anywhere else. So if you don't listen to us on Spotify, be sure to follow us on over here where you can listen to Dope Labs plus all of your other favorite shows for free. And don't forget, there's so much more to dig into on our website. There'll be a cheat sheet for today's lab, additional links and resources in the show notes. Plus, you can sign up for our newsletter. So check it out at dopelabspodcast.com. Special thanks to today's guest expert, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Her book, Good Anxiety, Harnessing the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion, is out now from Atria Books. You can find more about Dr. Suzuki at wendysuzuki.com. Dope Labs is a Spotify original production from MegaOM Media Group. Our producers are Jenny Radelet-Mast and Lydia Smith of Wave Runner Studios. Editing and sound design by Rob Smirciak. Mixing by Hannes Brown. Original music composed and produced by Taka Yasuzawa and Alex Sugiura. From Spotify, our executive producer is Gina Delvac, and creative producers are Baron Farmer and Candice Manriquez-Rin. Special thanks to Shirley Ramos, Yasmin Afifi, Kamu Elolia, Till Kratke, and Brian Marquis. Executive producers from Mega O Media Group are us, TT Shodia and Zakia Watley. 